to us this week, and I've had a great week, and I just trust that you have as well. Uh, I want to talk to you today. Our, our series for the next three weeks is The Way in a Manger. Today, uh, I want to talk about the way to hope, the way to hope. Amen. Uh, we are living in a time that they're uh, in a season of our life uh, called Christmas, and there is nothing like the Christmas season that stirs up hope. Uh, you know, our kids have already gave us a hope list or a wish list uh, of what they are anticipating, what they desire to get for Christmas. And uh, so whenever, uh, you know, my wife goes and buys all of those wonderful things, my wife does that, uh, and uh, she gets them all decorated and gets all of those things taken care of, uh, you know, they begin to get under the Christmas tree and they'll shake them and they'll look at them and they'll size them up. They'll feel how heavy they are. And, and I wouldn't be a bit surprised if they don't tear some paper every once in a while and, uh, you know, maybe glue it back together. But uh, there is some excitement and there's anticipation that comes with Christmas time. But there is also nothing like this season that brings about hopelessness in this time of the year. Uh, December does not, uh, there's no more uh, greater time that somehow begins to cause the despair and the hopelessness of life to come together like that of Christmas season. Studies have showed us that in the month of December that the suicide rate goes up, that depression goes up. Uh, in time of hope, there is never so much hopelessness. Amen. In a Christmas movie, uh, It's a Wonderful Life, George is in there, and he is very discouraged. Nothing in his life is going right. In fact, everything in his life is going wrong, and, and he's trying with everything that he can, and, and he comes up in a dead end every single time. And uh, so the story goes, or the movie goes, I'm sure that you've watched it uh, by now, but uh, he is assigned an angel, right? And the head angel is there and signs this angel to George. And the angel on assignment looks to the head angel and says, what's wrong with him? Is he sick? And he responds back to him and says, no, it's worse than that. He's discouraged. There isn't anything in your life that can make you be all more overwhelmed than for your soul to be sick to be sick on the inside, to be overwhelmed on the inside. In Proverbs 13 and verse 12, it says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. When you had hope in your marriage and it failed, when you had hope in your job and it's gone, when you have put your hope in a relationship and, and it's not working out, hope that never happens makes your heart sick. I want to give you some things today to help you find out or figure out if you're hopeless or not. Maybe you don't know if you're hopeless. Maybe you don't know if you're dealing with this situation or not. And so I want to give you a few things today that will determine or tell you whether there is hopelessness in your life or not. Is that all right? Number one, I want to talk to you and tell you that when you are hopeless, the first thing that happens is you become disoriented. You become disoriented. You can't figure out where you are. 
you're just going through this life called this uh, maze called life, and you cannot figure out where you are. Uh, when someone who is disoriented comes to you with their problem, they'll begin to talk to you and say, this is what's going on, and I, I, I don't know what to do about it. And, and whenever you think about it, when you hear it, it seems like it's nothing. It seems like it's insignificant, that it's, that it's nothing really to it. Why? Because you're not disoriented. But whenever you are the one that is disoriented, those circumstances and situations will mount up and begin to cause you to feel as though you don't know your way out. But somebody else, you can talk to them and they say, well, that's easy. All you got to do is this, this, and this, and it'll work out. Everything will be fine. But whenever you are in that place of hopelessness, you get disoriented. Amen. It's easy for you to uh, come to that place where the, whenever you are hopeless to, to say, I don't know which way to go. I don't know which way to turn. Amen. And you become disoriented. All through the Bible, it gives us stories of people with hopeless situations. But there is one like no other, and that is the book of Job. Uh, it talks a whole lot about hope. It doesn't, uh, whenever it talks about uh, hope, it does not talk about it from a, a standpoint of having it. Job is talking about hope from a standpoint of trying to find it. You see, he, he, he didn't just have a bad day. He was having a bad week and month and year. He was having a bad life. Uh, he, he lost his job. He lost his family. He lost his house. He lost his children. He lost his income, his livestock. He lost his retirement. Everything. And the Bible said not only that, but he was laying on a bed of ashes and was scraping his sores with clay pottery. I mean, he is messed up, Right? He is having a terrible time. And when Job is talking about this hope, he looks at it from a standpoint of saying, I need to find some hope for my life. In Job 17 and verse 13, he said, Where is my hope? Who can see any hope for me? He is disoriented and he cannot see the hope that is around him. Maybe you're there today. Maybe you're like Job. Maybe... Your marriage, you're saying, what am I going to do? Maybe it is your family. And you say, how am I going to fix this mess that is in my family? Have you ever went to the ocean and, and you get out beyond the land? Okay. I just want to make sure you're still awake. You get out beyond land where that you can no longer see any land. Everything looks the same. If, if I was, you know, uh, we went on that cruise and you get out there and as long as you see land, at least you got some idea if that thing goes down, which way to start swimming. But whenever you get out there so far, you, there is nothing around you that tells you this is the way to hope. Amen. And I can remember sitting up there on that thing and, and uh, Renee and I and the kids and I was up there on the top of that deck by myself and I remember whenever we went past land where you couldn't see any longer and, and Renee came up there and she said, you okay? I said, I think I just made the biggest mistake of my life. 
She said, what do you mean? I said, I wouldn't know whether to take a ship or a plane out of here. I don't know which way is land. How many has ever been there in your life where the, you didn't just know which way to go? You became disoriented with life and, and you didn't know whether to go forward, go back, stand still. Everything just looked the same and, and you become overwhelmed with life. Amen. When you get away from what is solid, it is difficult trying to figure out which way to go. Number two, when you become hopeless, you start drifting. You will find yourself far away from where you're supposed to be. Some do this knowingly. You become disoriented with God. You have drifted away from Him and you're just going through the motions. Maybe even here today, you're here just to get somebody off your nerves. You're not, maybe you're here today just to appease somebody else, but you're drifted far away from the loving God because you become disoriented. Things didn't work out the way you thought they would work out. The prayers that you prayed weren't answered in the way that you thought they would be. And, and somehow you become disoriented with God and you begin to drift away from Him. Others drift away unknowingly. They don't even know that they, they are, they're drifting. I've been fishing before and, and get on a good hole and, and start catching some fish and, and get excited about fishing. And then all of a sudden it, it dries up and I look and, and I'm a hundred yards from where I'm supposed to be. Have you ever been to the ocean, got in the ocean and, and started swimming around and, and playing around and, and just in a few moments because of the current and the waves don't come straight in, they come in sideways. And, and it, do, it doesn't take you long to get way downstream from where you were and you don't even realize it. Until suddenly you stick your head up and you realize, I'm not where I started any longer. I tell you that it's easy in this life to become to a place where that you begin to drift and you begin to get far away from where you know you, you're supposed to be. You don't have to do it knowingly. You can do it unknowingly. Sometimes the storms that are in your life will cause you to drift away from God and you don't even know it. We all have tendencies to drift. I found in Isaiah 53 in verse 6, it said, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. When you go your own way, you're going to find a life of hopelessness. The third thing that happens when you become hopeless is the end result is despair. Despair. I'm ready to check out of this. I'm sick of this relationship. I'm sick of this job. I'm sick of life. And I can't take it no more. Can't handle it any longer. If you're there, you're not alone. Paul, a man that wrote three quarters of the New Testament, says this in 2 Corinthians 1 and 8. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even our life. He was under such pressure 
that he wanted to die. Despair is the ultimate hopelessness. Maybe you're there today. Maybe you just say, I'm sick of all of this and I'm tired of it all. You can't, you're like Job and you can't find any hope in your life. But I want to tell you there's a way. The way is Jesus Christ. Maybe you've known him, but you've drawn, you've strayed away. Maybe you've you've known him knowingly and you have turned away. But I want to tell you today that in the midst of your despair, the answer is still Jesus Christ. He is the answer. I heard this story of a major. His name was Major Cushman. He was in the Vietnam War, and he tells the story of a 24-year-old POW that uh, made an agreement with the Vietnamese and told them that he would give them secret information for his release. And so he did this for a time, and, and it seemed like it was going well. But one day, this young man realized that they were not holding up to their end of the deal. That even though he was giving them this information, that his release and his freedom was not going to happen. And Major Cushman wrote and said, at that moment, something clicked, and he fell into deep despair. And this young 24-year-old Marine, he said, shut down and turned into a total zombie. He went to his bed and laid there sucking his thumb. And he laid there for five weeks refusing to do anything. And in five weeks, this 24-year-old Marine was dead. In a place of despair, in a place of hopelessness, You have to understand that there is hope for you today. Somebody that has no hope does not have a tomorrow. When you're in the last stages of hopelessness, despair, you lose your will to live. Do you know that in America, the number two killer among teenagers today is suicide. People that haven't even really started living yet. And yet they feel as though there is no hope for their future. They feel that their lives are full of despair. All of us have drifted at some time or another in our lives. We've become disoriented. We find ourselves drifting, and even sometimes we might find ourselves in despair. You might not need this message today, but I tell you that each of us will need it at some time. Get you a CD. Remember that even in the midst of your despair, when you don't feel like you can go on living any longer, that there is hope beyond hope that there is an answer to your problem, that there is a future that is brighter than your past. And you just have to hold on to that hope and that faith in Jesus Christ. The Christian life does not come with a a problem of, says, or a promise of saying that we live trouble-free life. It 
Christendom comes with a promise that says that the God that we serve will raise us above the troubles of life and that we will overcome. Amen. Hope is not wishful thinking. Wishful thinking is when you have no way of making what you're hoping for come to pass. Right? I wish the Cowboys would win the Super Bowl. But it ain't going to (laughs) happen. I don't have any ability to make that happen. So it's not hope, it's just wishful thinking that it's going to happen. Hope is not blind optimism. Whether we just all go around with blindfolders on saying, Oh, I'm happy, you're happy, there's no problems, let's just all be happy. That's not hope either. What is hope? I want to tell you today what hope is to the Christian. Hope is a confident expectation based upon something solid. Hope is a confident expectation based upon something that is solid. It's when you can go through the things of life that don't work out, but you still have a confident expectation Amen. That it's, you're going to be able to still overcome this thing. Amen. Why? Because you're connected to something solid. There is nothing else that has stood the test of time like the Word of God. The Word of God is solid. It is sure. It is true. Everything that it has ever spoken that to come to pass, it has come to pass. And yet even this very day is still taking place, just like the Bible said. And he told Jeremiah, I have an expected end for you. And I tell each and every one of you today, just like Jeremiah, God has an expected end for your life. It is not to be in defeat. It is not to be in despair. It is not to be disoriented or drifting. But there is a sure, solid place in the Lord Jesus Christ that you can anchor yourself and know that even though things may not work out the way that you have intended or planned, that God is still in control of your life. Amen. Christianity is not a fantasy land. It is not something where that you just say, well, I I just hope that this thing happens. But it is something that you can anchor your life in. It will keep you even in the day of hopelessness. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 said, Now faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you cannot see. There is a solid force that real hope is built upon. If you don't have something solid, amen, in, in, your, in your life, then you are just living a life of wishful thinking. For most people, hope is something they do. But biblical hope is something that we have. Psalms 71 and verse 14, But as for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. Hallelujah. So how do you get hope? The Bible calls hope the anchor of your soul.
me something to help me today. The Bible calls hope the anchor of your soul. When life has you completely disoriented, it has you drifting and pulling on you and taking you places that you don't want to go. You need an anchor in your life that'll keep you constantly. When the waves of life have you drifting, you have to have a hold of something that'll keep you stable and keep you in place. So how do I get the anchor of hope in my soul? How do I get the anchor of hope to begin to work for me? Well, the first thing that hope requires is trust. They tell me that this little eight-pound anchor can hold its thousands of times its own weight. You can put this thing down into the water, and when you put goes down into the water and hold connects itself to something, it can hold thousands of times its own weight right in place. You see, in the natural, it doesn't make sense. Something so small can hold so much. But that's what your faith does. That's what your trust in God does. It anchors you to something that is great. It may seem insignificant. You may feel like I don't have very much, but you don't have to have a lot. You just need to have it in the right place. And if you have your trust in Jesus Christ, then it will anchor your soul. Amen. That's what faith does. You have to trust. Some people have been around God. They know about God, but they've not went all out for God. They're not all in for God. Amen. They've not put all of their trust in him. They've not put their confidence in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 4 and verse 18 said, Against all hope, Abraham hoped and believed. Right? You know that story? In the natural, he was believing something that couldn't happen. Him and his wife had done, got too old for all of that. And now it just become wishful thinking in the natural. They didn't have any ability on their own to ever produce children. Now, the time was done gone. But Abraham hoped against hope. He believed. What did he believe in? He believed in what he was anchored to. He wasn't believing the circumstances around him. Even his wife laughed at the thought, huh, that we were going to have children now. But she was, he was connected to something that was more than just a wishful thinking. He was connecting himself to the Word of God. And his anchor was in the Word. Amen. And I want to tell you today that in the natural, it may seem like that you've gone too far. In the natural, it may seem like it'll never take place. But if you anchor yourself this morning in the Word of God, in the promises of God for your life, there is still hope for you. Amen. Nudge your neighbor and tell them there's still hope. 
You just got to trust. Amen. As long as you live, you're going to war against the natural mind. We talked about this Wednesday night. As long as you're in this life, you're going to have difficulty. You're going to have trouble. David talked to himself. Sometimes it's good to talk to yourself. In Psalms 42 and verse 11, he said, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disturbed within me? And then he gives himself the right answer. He said, Put your hope in God. Put your hope in God. The second thing that I want to tell you is that you have to hope requires you to embrace something unseen. Hope requires you to grab hold of something unseen. What's the first thing that happens when you put the anchor in the water? Disappears. I can't see it, but I'm still anchored. I don't know where it's at, but it's working. Huh? The first thing that happens is it it disappears. You can't see it any longer. But I'm embracing it. I'm connected to the unseen. And so we all want in our lives to be in control of our life. We want to be in control of the nature and, and, and the world and everything that goes on around us. But some have you lived long enough to realize you can't control everything? You, you can't even control your own life, let alone other people. Right? And so we, we want to control our lives. But I want to tell you today that you have to embrace the unseen. People say, well, show me God. Well, I, I can't show you him, but you can experience his power. Amen? He's not a God that you can see. But he is a God that you can connect yourself to. And even the unseen, you'll be able to feel it. Amen. You heard the story of the young boy that was flying the kite. He had the rope in his hand and the wind was blowing and soaring and and took the kite and and took it out out of space or out of the place where that they could see it. It was in the clouds, and, and a, a, a smart man came by and I talked to this little boy and said, uh, uh, what are you doing? He said, I'm flying my kite. The man looked up and said, I don't see anything. He said, it's up there. He said, how do you know it's up there? He said, because every once in a while I feel a tug on this end. I want to tell you that you may not be able to see him, but if you'll connect yourself to him. Every once in a while you'll feel a tug. Amen. Upon your soul, you'll feel a tug into the presence of God. That that unseen becomes known because you feel his presence in your life. Amen. Paul said this, 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 17 and 18. He said, for our light and momentary troubles uh, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. The greatest hope of all is there is a place called heaven. And Jesus is the way to that hope. He is the answer today. John said, let not your hearts be troubled. 
If you believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. But I'm going to prepare a place for you. You may not see me, but I'm going. And I prepare a place for you. If I go away, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Titus speaks of this hope and said, While we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing, our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. The real victory is not in the anchor. The real victory is in being connected to the anchor. Until you connect with God, there is no real hope. Romans 15, and make God the source of hope fill you with joy and peace through your faith in Him, then you will overflow with hope. Then you will overflow with hope. How do you know if you really have hope or not? When all hell breaks loose in your life, are you destroyed by it? Do you start becoming disoriented, start drifting, falling into despair, or are you connected to something that is anchoring you in the midst of your storm? In the midst of this crazy world, is something holding you? Is something that you cannot see still directing and orchestrating and anchoring you? in this crazy world in which we live. Psalm 62 and 5, David said, Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from Him. Not in the job, not in the relationship, not in the material things of this world, but my hope comes from Him alone. Amen? Isaiah 40 and verse 31, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar with wings of eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Why? Because we're anchored in Jesus Christ. Amen. We are, uh, we are here today. Amen. And we are here because we have anchored our soul in Jesus Christ. Christendom and being a Christian doesn't mean that we're better than everyone else. It means that we've got ourselves anchored to something that will keep us in the day of our trouble. It means that we have connected ourselves and we have embraced that, that lordship of Jesus Christ. Where that even though the storms come, because they'll come to me just like they come to you. I have trouble in my house just like you have trouble in your house. The difference is, am I anchored? Am I connected to the unseen? If I'm anchored, then God is going to keep me. Even in the time of trouble, I can have hope. Even in a chaotic world where sin is abounding, grace does much more abound. Even in a world that is full of war and turmoil and terrorism, I can have a hope. Not in what I see, but what I don't see. What I'm connected to. 
That's my hope. That's the reason I can still have a smile on my face. In a world where there is seemingly no work, but I still got a hope. Because I'm connected to something greater than a job. I'm connected to the source that said, I'll supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus, my Lord. Let me ask you something today as Becky comes. Are you anchored today? Or are you disoriented? Does it seem like that in your life today that you are in that place that I described on that ship? I don't know which way to go. Don't know where to turn. Don't know where to start. I'm just, life is crazy. It's chaotic. It's a mess. Maybe you're sitting here today and and you realize, man, I've been drifting. I'm drifting a long ways from where I initially started out. I'm drifted a long ways from where I really want to be. Maybe you're here and you know you've drifted because somehow you've got disoriented with God. I want to tell you it's all right to tell God how you feel. David was a man that just took it all to God. Said, where you at, God? What's up? What's going on? Where you at? God can handle your mess. He can handle your ugliness. He's not afraid of it today. But you've got to anchor yourself in him. You've got to connect yourself with him. Or perhaps this morning you're here and you've already went beyond the disorientation and you've you've went beyond the drifting. You say, Pastor, I'm I'm in despair. I don't care if I get up tomorrow. I don't care if, if I live throughout the rest of the day. I'm just tired of, of life. I don't have any hope. I don't, don't see any change coming. I want to tell you that we're not here to judge you today because without God's grace and being anchored in Him, all of us would be in despair today. If I didn't know that God was on my side, if I didn't know that I had Him and had a confident hope and an expectation in Jesus Christ, somebody would have to carry me off of this platform today because I would not be able to exist in life knowing that I didn't have a confident expectation in something beyond myself. But I'm glad that he has given me hope. He has given me confidence that there is a better tomorrow. Jesus came to make a way, the way of hope for you. If you're hopeless today, I come with hope for you. But you must embrace it today for yourself. Are you trusting him today? Is he your anchor?
Is he your source? Would you stand with me today, please? Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? Just reverence the Holy Spirit, please. I wonder here today how many would say, Pastor Brian, you know what? I need that message today. I'm disoriented. Maybe today I've been drifting. Or I'm in that despair and I need the hope of God. Maybe you're here today and you've known God, but you've drawn cold and indifferent. And the Holy Spirit has just stirred you up today to make you, called you to realize you're not where you used to be. You need to get back to that place. Get back to that place of anchoring your soul in Christ. Maybe you're here and you've never made a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the greatest thing that you will ever do in your life. It's the greatest thing you'll ever do in your life. Is to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And to know that you have hope for your tomorrow. It's not wishful thinking. It's a confident expectation that God will give you hope. I wonder how many around this room today would say, Pastor Brian, that's me. I'm drifting. I'm in despair. I'm in a place where I'm disoriented. And I need God's grace and his help today. If that's you, will you raise your hand right where you are? Not going to embarrass you, not going to point you out. I just want to pray for you today. How many in this place will be honest with yourself and say, Yes, I need that hope today? Just raise your hand. God bless you. God bless you. Do you need hope in your life today? I want to wait just another moment. If you aren't honest with yourself, you'll lie to anybody. Anybody else today? Father, I pray for each and every one of these today that have raised their hands. Others, God, that their hearts, they want to, but fear would stop them today. I pray, Father, that you would touch them this morning with a confident expectation that their life can be different than their past. That, God, that you would help us that have become disoriented in this life. God, that those who have fallen into drifting away, and even those who have found themselves in despair, but today, I pray, Father God, that you will move and you will minister to them by the power of your Holy Spirit and let hope come alive in their lives today. In this hopeless situation, let hope come forth. Let it spring forth like the dawning of a new day. Let it come this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Becky's going to sing. And as she sings today, if you would like 
further prayer, you would like to come today, there's people here that love you and are concerned about you that will pray with you. If you have a special need in your life, you want God to minister to you today, I want to invite you to come. Let us pray with you this morning. rise in your heart today. Somebody there close to you today will come. Come on, don't miss this opportunity. Don't drift any further. Get anchored, your soul, in the hope of Jesus Christ today.
opportunity. We're not going to linger today, but the Holy Spirit's touching people's hearts this morning. You know that you need that hope. You know that you need that confident expectation. Don't worry about the opinions of people because if you allow the opinions of people to dictate to you your life, everybody will know it. You can only drift so far. You can only go into despair so much. You can only be disoriented so long. Till others will know it. But you know what? We've all been there. But thank God for His grace. Thank God for His grace. Thank God for His grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I really feel strong today that there's others that just want to come. But don't allow fear to hold you back today. But make this the day that you just make that confident expectation come alive, afresh and anew in your heart. Let God be strong in you today. Say, so sing it again. Come on. You don't want to come alone and ask somebody to come. It'll be all right. Come on today. 